people don't really understand the value of their independence. They just give it away so quickly and so easily without truly understanding, hold on, wait, I was the one in in power. Mm -hmm. Because without the art and the artists, mm. there's no record label. There's no music business. Exactly. And there's many fights and argues and feuds from the writer's side, the producer's side. But we're just talking about you as an independent artist. As you, you as an independent artist, excuse me. And um, your belief system around labels and what labels mean in the grand scheme of things. Gabby, for people who don't know who you are already, um, can you kind of, you know, briefly kind of go over who you are and what it is that you do? I am an R&B singer-songwriter, pop singer. <laughs> I mm -hmm. songwrite, I sing, and I've been playing the piano as well for about a decade now. Um, I'm 18 years old from Southern California, and right now I am just a working horse uh, trying to... <laughs> <laughs> trying to work on my original material and uh, grow my audience and get to know more creatives like you guys. So I'm really happy to be here and uh, be a part of this process. You see that? That's professional, bro. Yeah. Well, you can tell she's uh, done this before, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I think one of the first questions for me that pops up um, since I found you on actual Facebook, actually, um, was schooling. Because I've never seen anything. You're pretty professional. Gabby's pretty professional. Um, if you go to her profiles, I mean, it's you. You don't have to figure out what it is that she does. Um, it's very obvious, and she doesn't put any clutter or anything irrelevant on her profiles as well. So it's very direct. But schooling, I never seen anything with that. Did you? Were you homeschooled or? Yeah. So actually, I went to public school all growing up, and. Mm. Um, I didn't have such a professional feed back when I was a freshman <laughs> and, you know, sophomore in high school, even though I started live performing when I was 12 in a band and then eventually segued to solo performance when I was about 14 and was gigging every weekend. And then during the week, you know, I had high school and then I would go to voice lessons on Tuesdays, piano lessons Thursdays, I'd gig Friday, Saturday, Sundays sometimes as well, mm. um, trying to squeeze in time for friends or you know yeah, other things yeah. you see that normal kids do uh until <laughs> honestly i finally just like did not have time for for high school and i was very over it obviously i know most kids are over high school before it even barely begins but um i felt like my time was being wasted because i already knew what i wanted to do i already had known for so long so i actually took the chess b test and i studied so i could graduate early um, my really? junior year. Amazing. Wow. wow. It wasn't, it wasn't mm. like this uh, most insane test, but uh, it definitely took a while mm. to study for, that's for sure. But I knew it was definitely something I wanted to do. And I basically, instead of doing my senior year of high school, I spent that year, obviously, with mm. the without the knowledge of knowing we'd have a pandemic on our hands come 
you know, March of, of that year. But I, before the pandemic, I was fully making a living, gigging regularly, and I was working on my original music to try and put out. And um, yeah, like it was, it was a good mm. time. It was a no, good time. great. And you're, in, and you said you're 18 now. Yes. Sorry, I actually got those dates mixed up. So that was 2019 okay. that I tested out, and basically, oh yeah, I guess I didn't get those dates mixed up. It's 2021 now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, time so I tested fast, out. Yes in uh 2019 wow 18 18 years old wow so and you've been doing this since eight basically wow and you always knew music definitely nothing else yeah i mean i grew up in a very musical family my cousins are you know worship leaders they teach vocal lessons piano lessons my cousin abby's in musical theater she's a great actress so you know, I just grew up with music encouraged also. So I definitely had a privilege and I'm super grateful and that I had a lot of support growing up to pursue my dreams and to, to work hard. Uh, my mom was my momager for many years and she definitely instilled in me that mm. if I don't work hard for my dream, like who else will? Uh, so she's definitely like one of my obviously biggest influences and like who I am and my drive definitely comes from like hmm. my parents, like pushing me to be the That's best amazing. that I can be. Tell mama she's doing a great job. She's done a great job. Cause a majority of artists that we, we run into or speak to or the, the kind of the, the one way street to success for most artists is they are in denial for a long time until they say, you know what? I can't do this to myself anymore. Um, I'm I'm gonna take my my career my my creativity seriously, so it's it's just it's it's amazing to see that at a young age you knew, and then you've taken the necessary actions to kind of get yourself on the right path as quickly as possible. I mean, it borderline sounds like an an MJ regiment, <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. and it's amazing that at 18, um, yeah, you've 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 pushed and learned so much to get yourself to to this point. I really do appreciate that. Like hearing that definitely helps. And, you know, I took mentorship from a Jeremiah tool for a while and ah. he definitely helped me uh, ask myself the right questions mm-hmm. to further understand who I am as an artist and specifically like what I like, what my, you know, ideal fan would be. And just like who uh, I am, the, the things that make me unique as an artist um, and just through that, that also was a big help in, like, really going at my career, <laughs> like, just really hitting it right. head on, because then I had a clear vision for what I wanted to, to go forward doing. And, mm. um, yeah, what that would, that, what that process would look like. That's dope. That's dope. Because, uh, yeah. yeah, clarity is definitely something that's needed. There's a lot of artists who are kind of having a quote-unquote out-of-body experience. They're trying to be something that they're not. So mm. in, like, completely knowing yourself internally, it's, like, more authentic. And, and you don't have to thank us for saying all these things. It's evident, and we see it in, in what you're doing, which is amazing, which is amazing. Yeah. But with that being said, what has been one of the struggles knowing early on this is what I want to do uh, and then walking that path? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like most kids feel like they're misunderstood, right? And, and whether you're a creative or not, that's just how kids feel. <laughs> it's yeah. part of growing up. But 
it's like even with that knowledge while I was growing up I still felt like I was just a little different you know like I just felt it a little bit more I felt like I just could not relate to my peers because I you know like missed out on dances for performances and it was obviously things I love to do and obviously I wouldn't have done it I wouldn't have showed up and been there if I if it wasn't what I wanted but um I would definitely say that one of the struggles growing up was like really reminding myself that there's like a bigger vision at hand and you know like and it's like uh it's a marathon not a sprint and like even though I missed out on little things here and there it was going to be so worth it Mm. um in the end because I can positively say like doing things like this like podcasts or I know there's no live performances right now but you know when there's eventually um like those years of performing experience and it makes me sad that like kids now during this time can't get that experience because I'm so changed as a person because of that. Like I had to talk to adults for, at such a young age, mm. which is why a lot of the time I come off very mature um, or at least I can communicate very well because I was like forced to have to talk about myself at 12 years old mm. <laughs> to people when I was on my breaks <laughs> and they'd ask me what I do and you know, like what I'm up to. And, you know, as a, kid I was like oh my gosh it was kind of overwhelming at first but Mm. I obviously learned (laughs) through like over the years um and it uh contributed to who I am now I trailed off so much on that I'm so sorry (laughs) no 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 give us as much as you want to give us because it kind of it's a segue into my next question which is kind of um uh bolted onto that one to say like what are the best things about being the youngest person in the room Ah, well, being the youngest person in the room, I definitely hear the phrase 18 (laughs) or, you know, fill in the blank, however old I was whenever I went into any room, like 17, like 16. Um, And I think that in the end, it really, even regardless of whatever skill, you know, or talent that I have, even if you, if you take that out of the equation, I really think it's just how I present myself and uh, it's just communication and being like uh, self-aware and being able to be organized and like all of these things that I think a lot of teenagers have trouble with because like um, it necessarily isn't in their environment growing up, but my mom is a therapist. So, you know, she has a very high EQ. She's very communicative. I was taught to feel my feelings and to talk out issues growing up. And Mm. I think that all of that outside of music is what poured into me being able to better understand myself as an artist. And obviously, you know, writing songs is basically talking about your feelings. <laughs> you yes. know? Yeah. So you talked about it a little bit in the beginning too, about, you know, how your mom and how she's a part of the whole process. And um, I yeah. know you have a producer that you work with very um, privately. How mm-hmm. explain like, what is it like having a team working together um, to achieve a goal as opposed to trying to do everything yourself? What is the differences there? And, 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 and what does that look like to you as well? Yeah, I mean, it's funny that you asked that because I have been in like such a need for a team. And mm-hmm. I had a team like when I was 
was, you know, younger and 14, 15, 16, I'd say, you know, of course, my mom was like being my momager, dueling. My dad would help me with all the technological stuff. He, he helped me make my first website. And um, it's like, although I love them to death and it's, I still respect so much and I'm so grateful that they have taken on a whole nother job onto their own jobs of like trying to figure out the music industry with me. And um, I kind of just have gone to a certain place where I need like professional, you know, help, like people who have been in this industry for a really long time. Cause I'm at a, a place now where I have this original music out. I'm like really working hard and I'm ready. I'm ready for, all of these next level level things that um and so their support has now kind of transitioned from actually doing physical things for me is more now just emotional support mm. because I kind of took on all of those tasks that they used to do for me about a year ago mm. so I'm kind of like although I still receive help from them every now and then you know I am my own everything like I coordinate all of my own events even though they're now virtual (laughs) um i obviously write my own music i i finance almost every part of my career and so it's definitely like really hard (laughs) it's really hard to be an independent artist because you have to not only be a creative and like protect that energy and that that space um to be able to be creative and be and be yourself and do your art and then you also have to have this separate like boundary chapter of you that's mm. all business and mm. i have to go to DistroKid and upload all my music and then i have to email all the blogs and then i have to like make all the edits and the mm. visuals and go through the bts footage and it's like so much <laughs> it's, yeah. it's so much but but i just remind myself that it's really all worth it because mm. i love what i do that's amazing. Yeah, your mindset is really is really great. That's why it's it, it's when you when you say your age, that's the thing because if no one was to ask or it didn't come to mind, you just fit right in. Like you understand, you know, your responsibilities, what you need to be doing, what needs to be done. You're very mature, um, so it doesn't even pop up. That's why when we hear eighteen, it's like holy. What was I thinking about when I was 18? Like, I was all, <laughs> you know? So it's just, and you spoke yeah. about it. It's because of your upbringing and your environment that kind of, you know, molded you a lot earlier than maybe some of your peers at the time. Um, so, wow. And and that's great, too, because I think a lot of artists, and it's good that you said that, too. A lot of independent artists think that they just, they don't need anyone else. They can do everything themselves, especially now in the, you know, digital yeah. age where you can do everything on your laptop. Um and, and that's great that you have that at your fingertips, but there are lanes for a reason. You can't be everything. Exactly. Because you'll be like, you'll be decent at each thing, but no one thing will be great. Exactly. So it's like, although I am managing, doing all of this stuff myself, obviously, like, I don't like the music video that's going to be out tonight. It's I didn't shoot that, of course, but, you know, like I did my own hair and makeup. I mm. coordinated the locations. I coordinated between three different people's schedules, trying to find the day and the time. And and it's like <laughs> it was very stressful. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it was fun when we got there. But um, I just I totally agree. And that like there are lanes for a reason. You know, I hope to one day have a manager and a publicist so I don't mm. have to do the media yeah. marketing and that stuff because that's also quite draining as well yeah and you understand the importance of 
you know, producers in their role um, in the creation yes. process, as well as mixing engineers and mastering as well. You're not trying to do all of that yourself. <laughs> oh, no. I actually, it's so funny that you say that. Just yesterday, I was like sitting here thinking, like I went through YouTube, like 10 different videos of just my favorite mixes that I've that just mm. have made my life so much more full within it mm. <laughs> because I didn't realize the importance of mix and mastering un- like until quite recently. Um, and that's wow. also why mm. I'm not necessarily as keen to show people my first four singles because I feel like a different person since those were put out, even though they were put out in like March, May time of 2020, yes. I recorded them back in like late like August of 2019, right after I tested out of high school. And at that time, I just like didn't even know mixing and mastering was a thing. And obviously now that I do, I listen back to those songs and I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh, what was I doing? Uh, But you know, it's all a process, I guess. And especially since I have to remind myself that since I am young, I'm going to keep doing things like that and looking back and thinking, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? because it's all a learning process it's not even it's not even young like i do it ask me in queue like i do it all the time or sometimes i'll make something and i'm like oh my god i suck right and then i'm like (laughs) what is happening here and then you know or i made that like two months ago i made this you know like no one is ever gonna hear this this is going in the trash no no one's ever gonna hear this and then you know two seconds later i'll make something and me and Q always joke about it, but two seconds later, we'll make something and we're like, I'll hit Q up like, man, listen, this is the shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is it, yeah. you know? So it's, it's but you're always yeah. going to listen back to your previous work and go, yeah. like, nope, I should have did that. Nope. Why did I, why was I doing that? Like, It was that and mixing and mastering, right? And sourcing yes. them parts and that and the expense of that, because mm-hmm. now they're expensive mixing and then the expense of mastering mm-hmm. and then the expense of production mm-hmm. and then like you know all of the stuff all i'm the stuff. so glad i'm so glad like you're 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 just yes your attitude about that is so great because a lot of artists don't understand those things and the importance of those things and also the budgeting that comes with it like yes. some people think yeah. it's all bundled into one some people think it should be super 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 cheap <laughs> for everything all bundled into one little thing like oh yeah here's fifty dollars uh <laughs> you know like we said the quality i mm-hmm. definitely think uh quality over quantity is mm. my new mindset and i i know that's kind of controversial amongst people that i talk to a lot of people say like you just put out content but in the end i just want like when i put out a song mm. i want anybody in the world if, they, if anybody in the world heard it, if somebody I who's like one of my biggest inspirations heard it, I would want to feel like there was no thing that I wanted to change left. Every single thing about it sat right with me. There is not like I knew that it was the best it could be. So if anybody heard it, I wouldn't feel any type of negative way about it. I would only be happy because they heard something that I worked really hard on. That's mm. great. <laughs> yeah. No, that's yeah. It's It's really it's a good place to be in. Um, because mm-hmm. what I what I'm sensing is that you have a a good grasp on I need this to be a perfect representation of who I am right now, but also I understand that the rest of the world needs to hear it. So you release mm-hmm. it. Whereas we know yeah. myself being one of those people will make something and hold on to it and have such and have a stadium party in our studios 
and it never goes anywhere. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's I honestly that's also why like one of my main goals is to eventually, although I say this without knowing a whole lot about it, getting a publishing deal because mm. I play about stuff because I'm starting to try to produce my own stuff. So I'm just, you know, dinking around and I'll definitely mm. listen to something an hour after I make it and be like, oh my God, that was, what did I, why did I, <laughs> but I never feel that way as of about a year ago about the stuff that I, that I write, the stuff that I sound right. You know, mm. I write every day, mm. like not something that I force myself to do. I used to. Um, and you know, I think everything has its seasons. I think when you're, you're starting out as a songwriter, it's good to make yourself do these prompts. And I went to many songwriting camps mm. over the years. I started off my first one at OC Hit Factory, where I work now, um, teaching vocal lessons and piano lessons um, and songwriting <laughs> coaching. Mm. Um, that's like where I wrote my first song. And I kept going to uh, camps and things like that by like Judy Stakey or um, Susan Koch. And oh. I learned a lot. And it's like now I'm at the point where I am just an intuitive writer. Like, I don't sit down and try to force myself to do something. But once I think it, like, I, I write it down. Or maybe mm. I don't. Because if it's not, so I am kind of a believer in uh, if you don't remember it, it wasn't worth remembering. <laughs> <laughs> At yeah. least with not, not necessarily lyrics. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. yeah. No, I completely get that. I completely get that. I think um, um, for me, the question now that we're we're actually talking about songwriting is... I believe that might be one of your sharpest tools. That's just my observation. Um, but in that, I'm always, I'm in a place where I'm telling everybody, like, you have to get ready so you have, so stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And in order to stay ready so you don't have to get ready is you do it daily. And seeing as you're talking about songwriting daily, we can definitely tell that, yeah, that's something that for you, I feel, is very close to your heart when it comes to stitching those words together. Can you speak to that a little bit about songwriting and what it means to you? Oh gosh. Yeah. It's like singing is wonderful and singing makes me feel full in a different type of way, just like playing piano, but songwriting definitely tops the cake. Like mm. I would love to make my whole living the rest of my life writing songs for other people because mm. I write so many songs that aren't that aren't meant for me and 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 although they are they are me it's like I know that I wouldn't put them out myself because they're not they're meant for somebody else like it's a super intense R&B song and even though I love R&B like that's not my brand so I'd love to give that to somebody else or you mm. know like or it's super bubblegum pop or it's country because I love writing country as well um and that's why I really like songwriting does mean the world to me. Um, it's like when I wrote my first song, even though it was the worst songs, I was 12 years old. <laughs> it's called The Real Me, which is actually the name of my publishing entity, Real Me Publishing, because it was my first song. Mm -hmm, <laughs> uh, dang. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, obviously I've evolved so much since, since then. That was like almost six years ago. Uh, but still to this day, it's like I knew then and I know now and I don't think it'll ever change that songwriting. It like It's hard to explain. It's just one of those things that you can't really. And I know as creatives, you guys understand because that's maybe producing for you or it's like singing or it's, you know, like maybe a little thing like like playing your favorite synth. You know, it's mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. there's as like a creative, uh, we each have our own aspect throughout music that just kind of like 
tops the cake a little more than all the rest and it's so like an uncomparable feeling like nothing really makes me feel the way that music does in general let alone Mm. like when I write a great song especially when it's with somebody because that's such a great feeling to be able to share with somebody Mm -hmm. sometimes when it's by myself I'm like oh do I like have a big ego I'm like do I (laughs) (laughs) why does it feel centered because like this is a great song (laughs) oh man that's crazy (laughs) (laughs) a question to that then is like did you write stories when you were younger did you write pro- poetry or was it one day you sat down and was like okay i'm gonna try this song, writing a song thing and you were like okay i'm hooked yeah so i definitely wrote a lot of poetry but not before i started songwriting oh. i initially went to the songwriting camp because i was scouted at a singing competition so basically like all growing up you know since i could talk i would you know sing around the house and do all that and i started mm. taking vocal lessons when i was eight and then i started doing um this singing competition called socal icon i can't believe i remember that but i did it when i was 10 11 and 12 mm. and um, when i was 12 i made it to like the semi-finals or something like that and it was actually in a mall it was oddly enough and uh thomas barso he owns oc hit factory his partner at the time saw me and she asked me to come and do a, vo- a vocal lesson. And it was actually like by accident that I came to the songwriting camp. Um, I mm-hmm. think that there was like a miscommunication between what I was there for. And they were like, oh, like you're coming to the songwriting camp, right? And obviously mm-hmm. best, you know, fate <laughs> mishap because that ended up being what hooked me was was writing that, that wow. first song. That's amazing. I'm loving this conversation too, because we just, we're definitely getting into it. And it's amazing because... Me and Gabby have talked, you know, back and forth, but it hasn't really been detailed like this, um, which is why I invited you on and why I wanted you on to just to get your perspective and to also have some questions answered that uh, I had already. (laughs) Um, So right now you're at OC Hit Factory. You are doing some um, vocal lessons. You're teaching piano. um, what, What else are you doing there, you said? Uh, songwriting coaching. Songwriting well. coaching. Oh, okay. And before OC Hit Factory, which is a great gig too for somebody who's a creative and, and you're like your job in the corporate America kind of is yeah, with music that. and then you also do music. That's kind of that's really great as opposed to like, you know, bussing tables or something at a restaurant. Yeah. And you yeah. know what I mean? It's, I, I did that for a while too. Mm. Like when I graduated early, I although I was doing music full time, it's like, mm. you know, gigs are only two to four hours. And yes. so I did that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, sometimes throughout the week too. And I was hostessing at the time, um, Monday mm. through Friday. Interesting. So what your revenue before let's talk let's talk uh <clears throat> the sickness going around let's talk that for a little bit how has that impacted you we spoke about it a little bit in the beginning and a little off air but um how did that impact you as an independent artist and how did you have to pivot and did you receive any help pivoting oh that's a good question uh yeah definitely i mean i'm sure like everybody else when the pandemic started i was like okay yeah this will be like five to six weeks tops Mm. like there's no possible way our world could go around being Mm. stuck in quarantine for longer than that (laughs) and of course you know here we are so obviously the world kept going around um but initially i kind of just like halted everything i was doing because Mm. you know the world kind of stopped and i was like okay like i just all my creativity kind of left my body simultaneously Mm. and once it really set in that this wasn't temporary honestly that creativity didn't come back for a while like i was still writing songs 
honest, all the songs that are coming out now are songs that I started writing in the beginning of quarantine. So songwriting never ceases for me. Um, even when I'm in a rut, like songwriting is never something I, I get in a rut for because I always just feel too much yes, <laughs> to yeah. not like write things down. But as far as actually like engaging in things with other creatives virtually and like really like trying to adapt, I, I just couldn't like my... Mm. uh obviously i had no revenue whatsoever because mm. live performing stopped and um then like hostessing wasn't a thing as well so i was furloughed from that too and um at the time i didn't even get unemployment because i i really just felt guilty because i am super lucky to be living with my parents um mm. in a nice neighborhood and like they are able to help out and and provide for me during that time. And I really just felt guilty, like taking unemployment when I know that there's other people who need it more. So mm. I was kind of just biting the bullet and knowing that, well, I'm not going anywhere and spending money. So at least I, I'm kind of just staying at this like zero, yeah. <laughs> zero balance place. Um, and then I uh, started working on new music. So obviously that cost you know, a, a pretty penny, but um, I kind of, dipped into what I had made the whole year before because I'm a very frugal person so I won't eat out if I don't have to like that's mm -hmm. also something that definitely made me feel like I can relate to my peers growing up in addition to to being busy with working mm -hmm. um like I just never wanted to spend money because I always knew that there was something better to spend it on with music mm -hmm. um and so like luckily I had made enough the year before to be able to cover the you know, four songs and everything that went into that, um, that I'm putting out now and stay at a comfortable place. That's amazing. It's amazing that you're, you're so thoughtful enough, self-aware enough, selfless enough to actually go, no, I'm gonna, I'm not going to take the, the unemployment because as you said, somebody else needs it. And that's amazing because at some point, it's, it's, Mar uh, Marty and I talk about it a lot. It's like there's, there's doing the right thing and being the right person. And you did the right thing and you're being the right person by yourself. There's a certain level of respect that comes with that. Uh, and obviously your values are shining through that you would say that you would do such a thing. Because most people, if they see a handout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 The rest is history. Really yeah. Yeah. So that's. Yeah. That's yeah. And, and, I, and I'm not going to, you know, try and sit here on my high horse. You know, I don't say that to try and. and say that other people is that that's what they need to do but that's just what I felt was right at the time mm -hmm. and you know obviously um I didn't take unemployment for a while and then in about I think it was like November something after the stimulus was already finished mm -hmm. um and, and I applied and, and I was you know that covers you know the hostess job I had that I did part-time so right. It's not like it was much, but I was like, okay, like, ah, now I'm really struggling. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. No, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. definitely do yeah. it then, but. No, everything has its time. Yes, exactly. Everything has its time. And and I think that also I was just trying to be on the hopeful side as well and, and thinking like, yeah, okay, these are the circumstances now, but yeah. something will happen. Because, you mm. know, I was really like pedal to the metal come like June mm. of 2020. Yeah. I think that is really when a switch just kind of flipped in me and I started hammering out at my career mm. like harder than I ever have before right. because it set in that this times are not changing. These circumstances aren't going to go away. And if I don't adapt, 
I will sink. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. You know, mm-hmm. like it's kind of like got to keep moving. A, a question that I want to ask now that we're on this kind of trajectory is I want to I want to put your coaching hat on for a second. If you were to mentor somebody living in this pandemic right now, like what would you tell them? What would be the advice that you'd give them? What would it, what would be some of the things you'd say they need to think about and plan for? Being an independent artist trying to make it happen uh, in 2020 slash 2021. Yeah, honestly, the first thing I'd have somebody do is write down their goals, their three month goals, six month goals and year long goals and some of their goals in life in general. I think Mm. that what a question I asked myself that completely like floored me. I I think it was I was on a walk one day and it just came to my mind and Mm. I've like been different ever since (laughs) was like what is really going to make me happy like what's going to make me happy like when I'm 30 what what does my life look like that is contributing to me being happy because in the end right like that's the goal Mm. and like I realized that that doesn't mean being famous that Mm. doesn't mean having a mansion that doesn't mean having a nice car like it really means like being with somebody I love and being able to do what I love and make a living off of that and have meaningful relationships with people um, and like affect the world in a hopeful, positive way, even though my songs are kind of (laughs) sad, you know, like through connection, it's like that really helped me have peace of mind Mm. because it helped me reevaluate where I'm spending my time Mm -hmm. and like, like caring about, you know, likes and follows. And of course, as creators, we have to, because that's our job. Mm. It's to grow our audiences, to have engaging fans or, you know, or at least peers. Um, And even though those are things are important, I think that social media definitely like was an unhealthy role in my quarantine. I know it was for many people's. And once I, like evaluated what my goals were Mm. and where I wanted to go, who I needed to talk to in order to get there, what I needed to do, like what I need, the self-reflection that I needed in order Mm -hmm. to be ready for that. Um, Like that really changed everything. Okay. No, that's, that's definitely dope. It's definitely done the, the, the kind of train of thought when I'm, when I'm speaking to artists or, or in a coaching setting as well. Uh, I don't say it quite as, as nice as you do i kind of come in and say well listen if you if somebody if a doctor said listen you've got a week left Mm. what would you do you've got you've got a month left what would you do you got a year left what would you do would you still be doing the same things that you're doing right now or are you actually going to get perspective and be real with the real you to say actually all that it doesn't really count for my happiness it doesn't actually leave the the impact that i want to leave uh, when I'm gone, mm-hmm. so it's definitely yeah, it's definitely a lot of food for thought. It's definitely a lot of food mm-hmm. for thought. Um, let's talk about your music, because there's been a a recent release which is aptly named "Coping," <laughs> because the whole world is coping right now. The whole world is coping, and I know I can't be the only one who went through a breakup right before quarantine. Right? Yeah, so. it really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're during but like come honestly even if you didn't go through a breakup we're all just trying to cope with the the heartbreak of the world circumstances right, right. <laughs> like, okay can you talk us through kind of the process of that that song coming to life and and all the way to where it is now because you said there's it's it's uh premiering tonight isn't it 
yes, the music video is premiering tonight. Yeah. Which I'm really hard on um, with this lovely videographer. His name's Lucas Takano. He's so talented. I'm so happy that I was able to meet him through, you know, other people and uh, and be able to work with him. Um, mm. But yeah, coping came to life in my garage. Uh, I have my live performance set up um, in my garage. So like every time I get back from a gig, you know, I, I break it down to go to the gig, set it up, break it down, come back. And then I put it back up right when I get home. So then mm. whenever I want to, I can always just go into the garage, have the microphone and speakers all set up with my Nord and be able to be in just the zone. Um, and I can't tell you exactly what, you know, what day it was or, you know, that specific, but I vividly remember coming up with the chord progression one mm. night. I was just really, really sad, honestly. Like, it was just, let's see, maybe like a month into quarantine. Right. And at this, this was like the point when I was kind of realizing that like, okay, like, mm, this is probably going to be here for a while. Mm. Like, things aren't going to change. And like, the sadness of that really set in and and, and missing obviously this person that had been in my life uh, almost every day mm. for about a year, you know, prior to all of these ever-changing circumstances that we were all enduring. And, mm. you know, <laughs> the first line is, is your room still messy? Because <laughs> mine is too. <laughs> um, <and> I, <laughs> it's genius. That's the perfect way to open a song. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it made me laugh. It made me laugh so much. Like, I, I remember, like, I like started to like my eyes started to tear up because I really like wrote that song as a stream of consciousness. I wrote it in like five minutes wow. and I, I came up with the chord progression and I just like felt it in my soul. And it was kind of all over from there. It was like the song wrote itself, mm-hmm. you know, like the songs, yeah. not all songs are those songs. Yeah. But this song is one of those songs. <laughs> yeah. And I think those are my best ones. The ones that I like, it's like, I can't even contain them. They just come out of me. Mm-hmm. And this was definitely one of those. And and writing that line made me laugh. Like my eyes started to tear up, right? Because I was like, oh my gosh, I miss this person. And it just made me laugh so hard. So I'm like, so many people can relate to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, you know, we all got an exit a messy ass room. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is genius. It is genius. Well, so once once the song has come to life, you've you've written it. You've had your kind of decompression. Your your little therapy session through chords and lyrics when you then thought okay i actually want to take this out to the world can can you kind of talk us through the connection with the videographer and then everything that kind of comes after that yeah so i didn't actually initially record the vocals or anything in my house um i actually started you know using logic and got you know my mic my studio set up at home um only about like last october so this was before I had any setup other than my PA system and my live performance setup. So mm. I reached out to Robbie Dean, um, the producer who's produced my previous singles as well. And, you know, like my right hand, I just feel like I searched for a long time for somebody who just really understood me as an artist at a time when I didn't even understand what my sound was going to be like mm. and trying to find somebody who could like, not necessarily like, form it fully for me because I wanted you know to find that within myself but like mm. be that guiding help and I think since he's an instrumentalist he plays piano and guitar and you know I obviously resonate with that because I'm a pianist like we just clicked really well together mm. and so I, I reached out to him after I wrote coping um and I actually came to him with 
three different songs. And I came to him with the vision for the EP and I was like, okay, I've written like 15 songs. Sorry, one second. I don't mean to cut you off. Can you repeat that for me, please? You wrote how many songs? Uh, like like 50 in like the course of, of, of quarantine, but I narrowed it down like 15. Right. And then I narrowed it <laughs> down to five. I think about I don't remember exactly. Sorry, I don't mean I didn't mean to cut you off. It was just to highlight <laughs> the fact that you wrote fifty to get to fifteen to get to the EP. It's not just you walked into the studio mm-hmm. like, okay, so I need four right now. <laughs> it was so hard to narrow it down. Like you don't even know. Like if I had a never-ending pot of money, you guys mm. would have a twenty-song album right now. <laughs> like that flow would be coming out. It's just I just it's good to remind myself that. There's a long journey ahead, and I can always put out more songs, right. you know, from that period that aren't necessarily mm-hmm. story like, yeah, like me. Mm-hmm. So, that was also a big thing. I wanted him to pick four that really went through, like, could tell the story of my getting over, my getting over, my getting through. Mm. Um, so it starts off with coping, and it goes to block you out, and then it's there's expectations, and the last one's called Here's to Hoping. Um, and definitely the first, first year a little more, more jury than the last two, of course, because, you know, it was at the end where I was like, oh, okay, life goes on. Mm-hmm. I will be fine. Right. Like, I will be okay. Yeah. And that song really me trying to convince myself. Uh, so I, I came to him and I played him, like, I think a lot, a lot of songs. I played him a lot. And I was like, which one do you want to start with? Because I basically, like, left it up to him. I'm like, which one stands mm-hmm. out to you the most? Which one do you want to do first? And he's like, that that one you play with with the like the e minor seven and i was like coping <laughs> mm. and he was like yeah let's do coping so that's how it started that was the first one we recorded that's dope that's dope when it comes to your um your audience and who you are singing for me and q had a uh recent podcast episode we recorded that should be coming out um pretty soon too and it, we kind of got into this uh, what was a cue? Uh, something about, you know, if you're a mentor or if you're a life coach or anything like that, motivational speaker, mm. and you go up to do an event or a speech, um, who's your audience? Obviously, these are people who are uninspired, you know, whatever. They need some motivation in their life. They need some type of guidance. Um, common sense isn't so common type, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. So you're the speaker. You're stepping up on the podium. Who are you speaking to with your music? That is such a good question. I think that, well, there's two, there's two separate lanes. There's an audience to, that I'm speaking to. If they were to be looking um, to me for guidance or advice or mentorship, and then mm. there's an audience that's just a concert, you know, like mm. people who listen to my music. And I would like to hope that people who, who listen to my music are all genders and all age. I think naturally for a couple of the songs, women can relate maybe a little bit more or especially like I honestly yeah I really do think that my music is made for everybody because I process things very universally because I'm I'm an empath right okay like I'm a Pisces <laughs> I feel a lot and, are you, you really know, wait did we do we speak are you really a Pisces you probably did I mentioned it a lot I mentioned what is it your- <laughs> a lot. wait when is your birthday March 5th March 5th okay I'm February 25th okay Okay. okay. Well, no, wow. No wonder. Oh, okay. Okay. No wonder the vibe. Okay. I got it. I got it. Because I can vibe with you very easily. It didn't take much. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Great. Hey guys, don't Sorry leave the cappy out, man. Damn. But oh, well, <laughs> nah, you. <do. laughs> 
No, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I was just going to say, I I process things uh, very universally, right? And I feel like as a person, um, I give advice a lot to my friends. um, Mm. And I feel like because I've had experience um, helping guys and girls uh, and you know I have friends that are younger than me I have friends that are a decade older than me I have friends that are five years older than me that are in that they're all the same level of friendship because I really only have like deep connections with people I don't really care for like Mm. like relationships I mean everything has its place of course I'm not going to be super close friends with every single person I meet you know but the friends I do have the friends that like are like friends friends you know like it's all deep relationships and so I feel like because growing up I was like that that friend everybody came to for for advice and and for non non-judgmental um solace mm. it's like my music is translating in that way as well or at least I'd like to hope so mm. I'd like to hope that anybody can listen to my songs and ha- either have a, a good time if it's a bop <laughs> or be able to you know cry in their car if they need mm-hmm. to <laughs> good Real quick, I just realized I, I want to touch back on what my audience would look like and sure. if it yeah. was people I was trying to give advice to. I do think that in that sense, um, although like in the future, I'd be open to working with anybody to, for real, like of, of all ages. Um, mm-hmm. I think that I can tap into girls, uh, young, like teenage girls the most, because I definitely know what it feels like mm-hmm. to not feel like you even know who you are or you know partially but you're like okay well where's this other half that's hmm. that's supposed to be brandable and super unique and like like nothing else you've ever seen before like how am i supposed to find that hmm. and i think that once people just realize that your brand is really just knowing more of who you are and finding your own unique qualities not making them up from thin air because hmm. that's not authentic and and people can see when something's authentic and not hmm. authentic or not authentic um yeah like i just i really feel like i, I can tap into that audience knows because I know what that's like because that was me do you feel like you've settled more into kind of what you want your sound um to be uh Mm -hmm. or do you feel like there's still some different sounds you want to test out and experiment with um because I was speaking I speak to you know different artists and Q speaks to different artists too and sometimes they're kind of all over the place because they don't want to be too one-dimensional they want to have variety in their music but you don't you also don't want to sound chaotic um it's like you don't have a home um i know a lot of people don't want to be put in a box but listen everybody has a home (laughs) yeah everybody does have a home right because you're not gonna hear like megan the stallion doing a ballad you know everybody has their home (laughs) exactly exactly yeah exactly um but i really do think that what feels really good amongst other things about this new music is that it feels like i finally found my home and like I think that in the future I'll venture off even more into a folky singer songwriter song or mm-hmm. a really hard R and B song. Uh, that's like my pleasure. That's like my happy place, like R and B. But at the same time, that's why me as an artist and me as a writer, like it's like my are two different people. Like me mm-hmm. as a writer is where I get to explore all of the genres unapologetically because mm-hmm. if it's not for me then I don't need to think about the boundaries because I'm having a writing session with this artist and I know that they are this genre. And so I will write these cadences like this because like, that's like, you know, for that genre. And, mm-hmm. and it's just, it really intrigues me. Um, the, like the different uh, niches in each genre 
and writing styles. And although I think that you learn the rules in order to break them, mm-hmm. um, it's like, it's so much fun for me to be able to explore it in my writing. Yeah. Well, who inspires you? Who do you, who do you get inspired by? Oh gosh. Uh, who do I get inspired by? I, I, ideas, I feel like but... <laughs> this is something I feel like I say a lot, even mm-hmm. though I, I know I don't. It's just because, you know, in, in any interview um, or, you know, blog posts, it's like, that's always a question that I get asked. And I feel like I say the same things all the time, but my <laughs> biggest inspirations are definitely Jacob Collier, mm. her, Julia mm. Michaels, definitely. If I knew Julia doubt, Michaels without even uh, you saying it. Go ahead. <laughs> go with that. <laughs> I can hear time. the Julia Michaels. And yes. yeah, I well, can hear Julia Michaels. I say Julia Michaels and then everybody's like, oh yeah, you kind of write like her. <laughs> and it's like, I don't try to write like her. I just like do. I, I think mm-hmm. it's like how most people grow up listening to artists from a different era right because like mm. your parents put on music and so you listen to whatever your parents put on because you're a kid <laughs> yes exactly but my parents since i you know was always so into music and when you sing and, and probably a little bit bratty back then they <laughs> always let me have aux whenever we went anywhere and mm. so like i grew up listening to modern artists so whenever people ask me like what my inspirations are it's like they're never that much older than me because i have constantly been listening to modern music ever since i was a kid mm. like i grew up listening to ariana grande you know like she's mm. one of my biggest inspirations because like she has a hand in every single aspect of all of her music you know she like co-produces it she she like tracks the vocals she like has a say in like directing her music videos and like that's what i want to be like i although i i need a team and i want a team mm-hmm. um i'm really inspired by people who um are really great at what they do and have drive to be able to understand that like you do kind of need to take on multiple roles in order to really like make it i don't know make it such like a relative term <laughs> but be successful yes yes yeah. exactly um yeah at this point it's kind of we've we've touched on majority of of what I feel is good porch, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Enough for people to kind of get in and, and get what they need out of it. Um, uh, Gabby's kind of life and the things that she, she goes to, the thinking that she needs to have, the responsibilities that she, she's taken on gracefully, because there's a lot of people who mm. complain about having to do so much. Um, but again, it's, it's just a testament to your drive and the drive that you need to kind of fulfill that, that vision. Uh, we've spoken about the flexibility that's needed. We're all living through a pandemic right now. And we some people felt it right at the beginning. Some people are just feeling it now and everybody else uh, in between. But at the end of the day, it's kind of the need for the authenticity of us creative people um, where we need more life force. And we're giving a piece of ourselves through uh, the music that we release. And obviously... Um, the clearer you get on yourself and your vision, the easier it is to make a connection. Yeah. The simpler it is to make a connection, not the easier. It's simple, but it's not that easy to make a connection uh, with an audience. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, what I love about um, you, Gabby, in terms of this time that we shared together is that you're continually, continually having fun while going through the motions. Not that you're out of control, but... You're accepting of, okay, I'm not in a good place right now. 
and I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna write a song about it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm actually gonna deal with it. I'm gonna voice uh, the issue, but also at the same time, if I'm in a good place, I'm gonna voice that too. Cause we we yeah. yeah we're in a space where a lot of people just want to complain, but not actually have gratitude and be grateful for all the things they do have. It's all it's all about what they don't have or what's what's hindering them from getting that thing in the future. When really, in the here and the now is where we should all be. Yeah, no, that's so true. And uh, when you, what you said about voicing happy song, you know, or happy emotions as well. Mm. Sad. I think that I write my best songs when they're sad like that's just that's just Same the here. deal as you guys will hear that with the the next single um mm. but and I, I think it's just because when i'm happy it's like i'm just happy like i don't really feel the need to to explain it it's not complicated right, right? but sad emotions are so complicated because you know mm. like sad comes with all of these like underlying sub so it's so, it's so nuanced right yeah, it's all like a, there's so many more nuances for sadness mm. and like it can be sadness, but you're hopeful or it could be like sadness or I know this is never going to change, you know, mm. like the for whatever situation it is. And so I feel like there's so much more detail within that. And I just am very like expressive and I feel like I just know how to dig um, with, within myself to be able to explain that. Mm. So that's why naturally I write better sad songs right. than I do happy songs. But I promise. There will be happy music this year. <laughs> Listen, don't don't force the issue. Don't force the issue. Like exactly. let the let the faucet run dry of sad song if it needs if it needs to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, don't don't try and pigeonhole yourself. I think uh, a question I'll have and and kind of I'll I'll concede at that point is, what do you want to tell somebody who isn't a fan yet about Gabby Neely? Ah, <laughs> that's I've never been asked that question before. Um, we spend all of our times as creatives, um, not all of our time, but a lot of our time, right? Trying to grow our audiences um, and, you know, just find people who genuinely like our music and want to engage with us. And I would definitely say that I don't want people to to be here if they don't want to be, you know what I mean? Like on my page, like I think that I am so honest and I am so myself that if somebody comes across my music and 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 likes it i feel like i know that they'll come back if it really hit them the way that i i felt it when i was writing it and i think that that changes based on where people are at and you know because like some people aren't necessarily ready to process super intense emotions and so hearing a song about something that maybe hits super close home to them is like oops skip you know it's like ah oh, no i'm not ready for that or maybe they just didn't want to have to listen to you know like like a song in in that nature at the time you know like everything is so so relative you listen to different music when you're in, in different moods mm. um but yeah i guess i i don't have something directly to say to somebody who isn't isn't a fan yet i would definitely just say to give it a listen to give my music a listen yeah. <laughs> that's really all awesome. now what what i got out of that is literally if anybody's going to listen to gabby um gabby's music like be prepared to kind of bask in the emotion like Mm. actually see like okay i have a connection yeah there's some things i need to deal with and she's kind of equipped me through this song to to figure out how best i can deal with it that's what i heard from it yeah yeah i think honestly 
I, when I say that all it's especially geared towards this EP because I was in such a hard place when I wrote it. Mm. So it's obviously like very, very emotional and not necessarily everything I always do will be this, you know, intense per se, but I would like to hope that as a songwriter, I talk about my feelings so other people don't have to. Wow. So it's like, when you listen to this hard thing that I had to process that you went through as well, you don't have to talk about it. You can just listen to me talk about it. Mm. (laughs) And then hopefully that can help you cope, for lack of a better word, with (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. I'm being a little playful when I say this, but we have been talking to an 18-year-old. (laughs) Guys, this entire (laughs) podcast. Um, It still blows my mind. She's extremely professional, extremely professional, and has immense potential. Um, I've seen, at least from what I've listened to, her growth is just amazing. And she's only going to get better um, and better and better and better. And I just can't wait to see what else she has in store um, for us. And I can't wait for this music video that's coming out. I can't wait for the new uh, single that's coming out later this week or next week. Um, it, I'm definitely along for the ride and I'm a fan. Um, and for any up and coming artists, if you haven't been inspired, um, by Gabby's just mental state, her drive, her focus and clarity on what it is that she's trying to do and what she wants to do and who she's speaking to and just how she carries herself. If you haven't been inspired or motivated by that, then, um, you may be in the wrong industry. (laughs) You may be doing the wrong thing. You might need to rethink that. She is professional. She is classy right beautiful talented yeah just personified right so guys that is the rhythm podcast marty brown with my co-host q the producer yeah boy and we are out peace thanks so much for joining us this episode if you're new to the rhythm and want to know more about what we do join our facebook group called You'll find more content, helpful videos, and a growing community of talented, like-minded individuals like yourselves. The Rhythm Podcast is hosted and produced by Marty J and Q the Producer. This episode was mixed and edited by Q the Producer with intro and outro music by Marty J. If you enjoyed this episode, then do us a favor and rate and review us on iTunes. It's a tremendous help and it lets us know what you like. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.